Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what is your boy doing? <laughs> what is he doing? Yo, Kenny's a special dude, man. Dude just took off right Kenny, before Kenny we come back from break to go get food. He just, he just, he was like, "I'll be right back," and just left. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to get a nap. Dude. Much. <laughs> Kenny over here eating. They got French fries, ninety-eight rocks. Shout out to uh, uh, Bailey and Nelson and Nikki D. They're starting yeah, their yeah. new show today. They they brought in Chick Fil A for everybody, and Kenny was just like, "I'm gone." I'm go. I'm <laughs> I didn't a, get the Chick Fil A yet. I'm, I'm, Chick Fil A is coming off. I'm gonna step out. But uh, I mean, my my man James Ham. He man, he's always looking out, man. Yeah, he's he always looking out. He take uh, care of you. Kenny's one of those guys that likes to eat. I know. Yeah, I like to snack. eat myself. I got a snack. You Ken, know. In, in, I don't, ironically enough, I don't eat that much during the day. I do snack. Do you see all the people in the chatty house? They know exactly. All of my references from Better Off Dead. And the reason why I was saying, because I brought him a French dip and then French fries, is they have a a French foreign exchange student. So the mom decides to make everything for dinner French. (laughs) But she says French, French fries, French dressing. Yeah. I love how excited you are about this (laughs) reference. (laughs) Let's get uh, Sean in here, 916-909-1320. What's happening, Sean? Yo, long time no speak, my, my brother. Mother. What's good, man? My man Hammer in the building. Hey, it's a blessing to be on with all three, man. It's the lucky trifecta right here, fellas. How y'all living? <laughs> we good, baby. Kings got 40 wins, man. There's still 16 games left. It's all and good y'all right taking now. taking over Sky River in my neck hey. of the woods. You pulling up? Casey Compound. You, you, hey, I'm better you, you than pulling cool, up, Sean? Where you at? If y'all could get some of them Sacktown splashes or get the uh, the Violet Fog on jug real quick, make it a little special since y'all blessing the building. You know I'm about to buy out the whole bar. Let's do it, big boss. Man, you so you you in the building? You confirmed? You coming? Hey, I'm gonna have to pass it through. Uh, you already know the wife got to give that a green pass. Well, but once I, I get that permission, you gotta check in first. That's nicely. Right. Uh, yeah. Tell her we, we we hanging out. We doing the show live. I'm still Come not through. confirmed for uh, tournament games on Saturday. That's I gotta right. I gotta talk. There you go. I'm gonna have to slide in y'all DMs to uh, get y'all blessings for the uh, for the wife, so she know it's official. I'm not sliding somewhere else. But um, I got you. Hey man, I, I had to call in because y'all asked the question the last hour: Are the Kings a top five team in the NBA? Why not? I mean, with everything going on in the East right now, they might have better records, but they certainly don't have the same level of competition. Mm-hmm. And with everything seeming to fall in place in the West, and I hate to say it, the injuries are definitely going to help us as time goes on. I, I don't see no other reason why. And you know, I got to ask y'all one of them crazy questions, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
if y'all had to compare or name a rap song that relates to the Sacramento Kings, brings up the Sacramento Kings when y'all name it, what would it be? Mine would be Freeway, What We Do. Mm. And mostly because no matter what we do, and no matter how much we grinding, I feel like they go back to the bench and all Mike says is, keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good question. There's so many songs in my head. I can't even list one. I can't. Grind in. I can't um, list one either, and it's not because there are too many songs <laughs> in my head. <laughs> James just keeps better off dead quotes stocked in his head, and we keep uh, That's right. We keep records. I mean, we could always hit him with the public service announcement. Allow me to reintroduce mm. myself. My name is Kings. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I have to give that one some thought. That's a, that's a, that's a oh, good Miles that's a good says that you might be right. Like the beam is what I think. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Young Zell, no doubt. Like the beam. Like the beam. What a stroke of genius by the guy. Uh, my it's goodness. Incredible. Absolutely. <laughs> my goodness. Gave your team an identity, a moniker yep. that just goes throughout the league. It's, Literally created the happiest place on earth. It, it really did. This it, it's it's um it would be a great story regardless, but it's even better with the beam because you got something to identify yourself with to the media. It's not just Oh, guess what? The Kings are good. It's, oh, light the beam. Yeah. They're lighting the beam. in sacred. Like, it just adds an extra bit of identity to what you got going on and character to your to your season. It's perfect. And just a footnote, because it's ESPN that has the Western Conference Finals, when Stephen A. and whoever else is on it, y'all can't uh-huh. light the beam. Y'all don't get to press that button. We, we, we're putting it out there right now. Bad Y'all weekend. don't get to press the button. Bad weekend for Stephen A. It, it, did you see? Did you see Stephen A? What, what? How did he do something on the weekend? He, I guess he did an interview or whatever, and I, I don't know if he did it. What did he do now? So he uh, he talked about it was on awful announcing, and he talked about that interaction with him and Jay Williams a couple weeks ago or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, I was surprised and I was hurt." that Jay would call me out like that on my show. And he was like, yeah, it was just, it was, I was taken aback by that. I wasn't ready, yada, yada, yada. And I guess in the same interview, he goes, it's very personal between me and Kyrie Irving. And I'm going to leave it at that. He knows what I'm talking about. And his dad knows what I'm talking about. In that clip with Jay Williams, Jay <laughs> says, it seems personal with you. Yep. He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh. Bad, bad week, bad weekend for Stephen A. Your boy, they're, they're piling up. Mm. Bad he's, weekends, he's bad weekdays. They're, they're mm. piling up for your boy. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, can we touch on a couple of just really quick things before we get back uh, to the Sacramento Kings? Uh, thrilled that James is hanging out with us uh, here on this game day. Sacramento Kings take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Uh, Sac State uh, will yeah. play in the NCAA tournament Let's uh, go. for the first time ever. They'll take on UCLA on Saturday. Number 13. They didn't even get like a 15 or a 16. 13, show some respect. They got the 13. They deserve that too. They can get UCLA. UCLA I haven't seen UCLA UCLA play. I haven't seen them play. They have flaws. They could could, could get UCLA. They got to be on point. crazy. It's going to be at Pauly. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be at Pauly. That's going to be crazy. They got the late, late, late game, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's, it's a hell of a Saturday night for your boy. This mm. um, is the. <laughs> I think we got a we got a do we got a Kings game that night? We got a Kings game that night. And they play on Saturday. I think so. Don't they play? They might, but they'd be on the road. I think. No, they're on Washington. the road. Washington. I think it's Washington. It is in fact Washington. Who uh, do they finish that trip with? Duke and Iona. Because isn't it Utah on the road? Utah on Utah. Monday. 
back here on Saturday or something? Yeah, it's Utah on Monday and then the Celtics at home on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So right. at Utah and then versus Boston. Uh, but yeah, Sac State has a a, a Saturday night game against UCLA. Oh, that's gonna be popping. Yes, indeed. That's gonna be. Uh, y'all 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 might need to go to Sky River and watch that one. On you the, might have to. <laughs> you know what I mean? you might have to. You could be there uh, all tournament long for sure. Uh, this is South Carolina's tournament to lose, um, mm. and they don't lose. You, it shows in their record. You know, uh, they you don't know, lose. One of the um, this is gonna be one of the first times that. And I'm being fully transparent here. Let me one of the first times I watched the women's tournament from start to end. And I've talked okay. to you about it before, right? Like the first two rounds, I would always jump in at the Sweet 16. Yeah, normally you don't need to. Because the first two rounds was just mm-hmm. a, a massacre. South Carolina is going to beat someone by like 75 they will. points. That, that won't yeah. change. Yeah. But I really feel like, and I've talked to you about this in the last, every year, mm-hmm. but in the last three, four, five years, the talent level all around women's college basketball has been going up, up, and up. And we're, we're sitting here talking about Sac State yeah. playing UCLA, saying uh, that's gettable. Like, yeah. they have the talent no, to be them. able to do that. And that is something that I think is great for the game. And somebody like myself, like, I'm tapping into the first two rounds now because we're going to see – it may not be upsets, but we're going to see – I think we're going to see good games. It's not going to be forty point blowouts in every single game. So uh, I can't. I can't wait for the tournament to start, man. It's going to be some good stuff. Yeah, uh, Stanford, Vitek, and Indiana, along Vitek, with Stanford, those my girls all the top seeds. Vitek. That little lefty with the curly hair, she be handling the. So rock. I'm curious where you go with this. Alabama, the number one top seed or the number one seed, uh, top seed on on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bama, Kansas. Houston, Purdue, those are the other number ones. I, I d- d- just have fun with your bracket. I have no idea what this tournament looks like. Hey, D-Lo and KC Tournament Challenge coming up. I'm putting it together. You can get in if you want to. Uh, you're not winning nothing, just like the last two people didn't win anything. But you, you can have bragging rights. And don't text me about joining your tournament challenge because the answer is no. I'm not wasting my money to join your stupid challenge. I'm bad at this, too. Yeah, it's yeah. just it just it's just give the just give the money to Jennifer and HR who's going to win because she doesn't care anything about this and she just picks teams and wins. That's what happens in these stupid pools. But but we're the smart asses who think we know everything and go, "Oh, they could get got." I'm winning. I went down a rabbit hole this weekend with Alabama mm-hmm. watching that SEC championship. And you said uh, like an hour ago you have something to say about this, and I'm curious as to what it is. <laughs> so I did the same thing. It was, I've seen Alabama play a couple of times. We went down year. the same rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were well. I was, I was, I went into the loft this week because there was so much on. Like mm-hmm. had two screens popping off. Yeah, you, uh, and the only place uh, better than 32 Brew Street to watch games is Kenny's house. He has just as many TVs. Right. Uh, it's 32 Bruce Street. Screens. Sky River I got screens. I got laptops. I got, I got, um, you know, iPads. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I got the two screens too. It was popping off. Mm-hmm. SEC tournament was on there heavy. Yeah. And that was the first time I really watched Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. That kid is bad. He yeah, is he is. Bad. And I don't know, I don't know what happens with this situation, if anything, moving forward. I said what I said earlier where I don't know what you could have done if you were 
Alabama or whatever. Well, I know what you could have done, but what would have been right to do. It just didn't feel like he should have been playing in that moment. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even saying, like, get rid of him for the season or anything. But in that moment, at that particular time, it didn't feel like he should be out there on the court. Mm-hmm. They kept him out there. He's doing whatever. And then you were talking about how um, the NBA executives were saying, like, it didn't change their status or anything like that. I, I mean, it should give you some kind of pause. At the very least, decision-making <clears throat> should give you some kind of pause. But this was the first time I really watched him play. He is a – he's the best player I've seen in college basketball mm-hmm. easily. He is really – really good he's a special player he's i had seen a couple mocks he's third behind victor and scoot and damn he's good i hadn't really seen him play at length the way i did this weekend and he he's got it all yeah he's third or fourth it just really depends on the off-court stuff Mm -hmm. like i think that that's gonna be a problem for a lot of teams i i don't People who say they don't have a problem with the stuff that happened at this point, not. you know, I mean, they're going to have a problem. So, well, yeah. So here's here's what I did because I've watched Alabama. I've been intrigued by this young man for a while, mm-hmm. and then this story made. It. So I've probably watched the, the the two teams that I could feel like I could tell you something about are Alabama and Houston. Mm. And I don't I've had I've had this like infatuation with Houston for like a couple of years mm. now. It's cool little stories. Um, it, and Marcus Sasser did well Yeah, I know. But and, and that's that's what gives me pause about them winning the whole thing is 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 Marcus Sasser being injured. But with Brandon Miller, I read so I, I went down a rabbit hole of reading about his legal issue and everything that you know, what went on, what happened, what the timeline was, the the, 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 the you know, no charges were ever filed and you know, we kind of had the same opinion on the situation, and you just outlined it a second ago, in that it didn't feel like he should be playing. And I looked at this like, if he wasn't a basketball player, he wouldn't be in jail. Obviously, he's a basketball player. He's not in jail. Like, they, there's, there's no, there was nothing presented against him. Mm-hmm. But he's a basketball player, so he's known. So he's the biggest name attached to this. Mm-hmm. And I said after the pat-down, intro if you're an NBA general manager you have to question this young man's judgment and right now so far what he's shown is terribly poor judgment Mm. the poor judgment resulted in someone being killed Mm. not by him but that's what it resulted in And what I got hung up on is, and I don't have this is I don't have an answer for this. This 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 isn't like a statement. Like, how do you? He's what twenty nineteen? Yeah. Like, how do you? If you're an NBA general manager, and you were talking three in a loaded draft, mm-hmm. how do you do? You believe that this young man's judgment at nineteen is going to be his judgment at twenty two mm. or twenty four? Mm. And because if you're drafting him at three, you're not thinking about a rookie contract. You're start you're starting to think about the contract after and the contract after. You're drafting him that high. You're expecting him to be a part of your team for a long time. Yeah. And I just kept like reading these articles over and over and over again. Like I don't know how to feel about this kid. Yeah. Um, the situation, the entire situation, is terribly tragic. He is a part of it. But not the main part, right, you, you, right, you know, yeah. and, and that's the part that I can't reconcile is how do you assign? I, I feel like to assign the blame to one person is relatively easy in this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but maybe we don't know everything. I don't. I don't know. Right. I just I got really hung up. Same as you watching him and watching his talent, and then reading through those stories again, going, "This kid has he's got some things that he has to fix." Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know how to judge him right now, right. and I don't know if I'm an NBA general manager, how I look at this. Because mm. you can't believe that this kid is going to have the same you, – you have to hope right. that this kid isn't going to have the same judgment at 19 or 20 in a college atmosphere that he would at 22, 23 in a professional atmosphere. Right. There's a lot that goes into the interview process, and I know some people – like weird questions sneak out all the time that teams ask players, and players have, you know, like – it, it sounds weird, some of the questions that these guys get asked, but this is like a $40 million investment mm-hmm. for the third or fourth pick. Mm. I mean, that's just like the initial investment, and you're hoping that that investment will basically increase the value of your franchise by 100 or $200 million. Mm-hmm. and then you keep paying them, and, they, and the value of your franchise keeps going up as, he, as they elevate and become better and better players. So it's a big deal. Like I, I know, like in previous drafts, there was a player that that plummeted. That I heard the executives that met with the player uh, thought that he was racist. Like that was the vibe they got off the player, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Oh yeah, well, I, well, we won't touch that kid." Mm-hmm. And you know, there are players that come in that you know, a guy like Hassan Whiteside, who all of a sudden during the draft process, there's like, "Oh, what." What medications are he are he is he on? Excuse me, and he goes from like a potential top ten pick to the second round, hmm. and so a lot goes into it. And I think right now, with the jaw situation, you're going to have to start. Uh, teams are going to look closer and closer at some of these situations, hmm. and go, okay, how do we avoid that? Because we don't want that. And you know, sometimes it's just one a one time mistake. But there's there's other times where it's a trend and or, you know, you interview. It's just so like in the draft process, they don't just interview the player. They interview his high school coach. They interview his AAU coach. They send somebody to the school to talk to a couple of guys who work on the training staff. They talk to his teammates Mm -hmm. like this is a process that they get as much information as possible about each of these individual players. It's not just looking at a draft board and and figuring out height and weight and, and athleticism and wingspan and all that stuff. There's so much more that goes into it. And, you know, can they be good citizens? Because that's such a huge investment. A top three pick, it, like you knew with Keegan Murray, you knew exactly what you were getting, not just with him as a player, him as a person, him as personality. Like talk about a track record that goes back like uh, since he was young of all of the things that he's done right mm-hmm. like that doesn't mean that like you couldn't have found someone else that was there but like all of this plays into who they are yeah. you know when you're rating a player and you're you're trying to come up with how does he fit into your franchise a lot of it does come down to that mm-hmm. stuff and, and you know when we talk about when we were talking about it that week and stories came out about um GM saying, nope, doesn't affect his draft status at all. Doesn't affect how I view him at all. Yeah. I know me personally, <clears throat> I, I I believe I came on the radio. I don't know if it was on the radio or private conversation. I was like, really? Like, that's how you guys really? No but way. At the same, but at the same time, I had to take a step back and say, look, man, 
these guys, it's easy for us to be like, or fans to be like, no, I wouldn't touch that guy. Da, da, da. These guys' livelihoods is on the line. Their job is on the line. And they're not going to get an extension. Better, just keeping it real, they're not going to get an extension if their team is garbage, but all of them stayed out of the, the public eye for, for bad stuff, right? Like, if they were all choir boys and they were 15 and 60 for three straight years, they're not going to get an extension. So it's easy for me where it's not my job and it's not my livelihood to be like, I wouldn't touch that guy. When if it's like, hey, your job depends on wins and losses. And are you going to take – and that's not even like guaranteeing Brandon Miller or anybody mm-hmm. gets in trouble. It just is a little bit of a risk, right? And you say, are you willing to take that risk to possibly keep your job and get an extension and continue to be in, in this in this profession? I think probably, like you just said, 100 out of 100 GMs probably would say, yeah, I'll take that chance. I know. I, I had a conversation with somebody who they told me that like during the draft process, they went to one of the, the <clears throat> prospects pulled him aside and said, I'm just going to tell you right now, I would never, we, you're not going to fit into the range where we're drafting. I would never, ever, ever draft you. And I will never have you on my team. Mm. And like, I hope you take that to heart, but I watch you through this process and I wouldn't touch you with a 10 foot pole. And Mm. I hope that that, like, whatever that means to you, just know that if I'm on that team, you're not coming to it. And the player came back later and told that person that made a world of difference to me. To know that there was someone out there that thought that of me was like, oh, okay, I guess my behavior is not okay. Hmm. And I guess what I'm doing here is not okay. But that's the problem. We're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Like, there's a lot that goes into all of this. It's crazy. Like, the deeper you get into the draft world, the darker and weirder it gets. Hmm. And the stuff that you hear and the like the misdirections and all that stuff, it's there's a lot of crazy stuff that you hear throughout the draft process. But well, the stakes are so high, especially when you're talking, yeah, top three, four, mm-hmm. five, six picks, and obviously Brandon Miller is he's is a that. franchise changing talent. He, he's 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 really good, right. um, and it's unfortunate for him. Well, he put himself in 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 that situation. It's yeah. unfortunate for his teammates at Alabama because they're really good. Yeah, Bama's a really good basketball team and that's my pick to win it all it's difficult to tell their story without talking about his story Um, and and the other thing about that too is and this is why we say it just kind of feels like he shouldn't have been playing at least for a little while is because from everything that i've read and you probably did a deeper dive than i the details of him and his involvement are still they vary. Little, yeah, they're very, which is off, right? super concerning. Yeah, yeah, they're off and they're not consistent. Right. It all depends on. I was trying to stay in the Alabama area because I feel like if anyone knows, they know. Mm-hmm. But the police report, the, the 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 police portion of it, is the part that confuses me because mm-hmm. it again it it like you said it all doesn't line up perfectly. Um, hopefully it it doesn't. Hopefully his involvement isn't greater mm-hmm. than what's been reported. It doesn't sound like it. And there's right. literally no in, there's no right. indication at all that it has. Um, is Ramsey still there? 
Let's get Ramsey in here, 916-909-1320. We're going to get back to the Kings. Obviously, we've got a huge game tonight uh, at the Golden One Center. Ramsey, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just enjoying the, the brackets, the tournament. I haven't started my women's one yet, but like you said, it's almost South Carolina's to lose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did do my men's one last night, and Kenny, I don't have Alabama. Mm, I had a feeling I don't think, I, don't think I do either. I got Marquette. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay, that's how you feel. Shaka Smart winning the chip? Shaka. Shaka got them boys playing. I mean, they're not a two-seed for no reason. I don't like Purdue as a one. I definitely don't like Kansas as a one-seed. And that, that West, to me, I think that that's going to be a free-for-all. I almost had St. Mary's and Gonzaga meeting up for the fourth time in the Elite Eight. Oh, my. That's how crazy I think that bracket's going to get, but we'll see. Yeah. I feel you. I love Ramsey. Wear, I feel like Ramsey wearing the same thing every time I see him. Like <laughs> Ramsey got a uniform that when we're walking around at the Golden One Center, I could, hey, that's Ramsey. Ramsey said, see, "Man, I'm just doing what I hey, do." Ramsey's just living his life, man, out there enjoying basketball. <laughs> and he be everywhere. Oh, Ramsey, he, let me get a dollar. Ramsey he got be like everywhere. Ramsey won't admit he got like season tickets or something. Like he he he's there every time. Um, Kyrie, Luca, out tonight versus the Grizzlies. Mm. We will come back. Uh, We'll talk more about uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, and the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Anxious to get James' thoughts on uh, Kessler Edwards' performance uh, this weekend as well. Anxious to get your thoughts on the Phoenix game overall. And we'll do that when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leaders. Steelo and KC brought to you by Sky River Casino on ESPN 1320. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. continues streaming live on the odyssey app that's tremendous Dilo casey brought to you by sky river casino we hope to see you this friday uh when we are looking live uh from 32 bruce street inside sky river casino um you can watch the show you could hang out with us mm-hmm. uh while the tournament plays on over 70 tvs uh, around us uh, confirmed uh, David Patrick's going to be there. Will yeah, Z's going to yeah. be there. I'm trying to talk to the individual uh, in the studio with us to making that long trek from the gated lake all <laughs> the way out to Elk Grove. I got a nice couch. If you need to afterwards, you can pull up, you know, spend a night rest, whatever James, you got to do. I got you. James going ham on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> it's not exactly an Uber ride away from my house. It's no, not. It absolutely <laughs> no. It's absolutely not. Um, no. Real quick, speaking of, because we're not going to talk about, we're probably kings for the rest of the day, Sacramento got a hell of a draw with the teams that got here. I mean, when you talk about energy, when you talk about fan bases, UCLA is obviously going to be in the house. Arizona, 
maybe the best traveling fan base in college basketball on the West Coast. Northwestern is going to be in the building for sure. And I think Boise State's going to show up too. It's going to be – and then that's aside from people like myself who mm-hmm. just want to go and watch. It's going to be an electric atmosphere at, at the Golden One Center uh, Thursday and Saturday. I cannot wait. So wait, it's UCLA and uh, UC- Arizona? Right. Yeah, they're they're gonna be there now. They'll never play each other because they're on different sides of the bracket. But UCLA's playing UNC Asheville, and I think the winner of that plays Boise State or I forgot who Boise State's playing. But Utah State is here as well. Um, some good fan bases is the moral of the story, and they're gonna they're gonna show up at the Golden One Center. It'll be they they got a got nice little luck of the draw there. Yeah, it should be exciting. Shout out to my wife's bestie, Kristen. Her. Uh, her daughter goes to Arizona. She went to UCLA, so they'll probably. Show oh, that, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 fun for sure. Um, and the NCAA tournament is, is always fun when you uh, talk to guys on a team. They always get really involved with their schools, and oftentimes little wagers are made. And <laughs> Jamesi was uh, tweeting Harrison Barnes last night. Oh, Harrison! After <laughs> North Carolina doesn't make the tournament, they're the preseason number one team in the nation. And don't make the tournament. Eesh. And then they promptly um, did not accept their invitation to the NIT. I don't oh. blame them for that. <laughs> wow. Can't, I don't blame them for that. You can't do that. Hmm. That's oh, tough. Man. Yikes. Hubert Davis. Hubert. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah, well. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Harrison. Marcus Mark got fined. He did. Uh, well, he body slammed uh, Trey Young over the weekend. So that, that's going to result in a fine. I'm all for it though. I mean, hey, I'm all for guys body slamming Trey Young. Well, the funny thing was uh, popping Marcus, off at the mouth. The, the funny thing was he body slammed him and then was like, "What? What?" No, he did. What I do? He did. <laughs> he did. Talk about what you do. He just body slammed him. Did you see? But you saw what Trey did. Yeah, he gave him a little kick to the man region. Like, and and it wasn't even like a slick one. It was like a. But it's a borderline donkey kick. Like he goes up for a shot and like kicks backwards. Like the hell kind of move is that? Uh, and that's just that. announced. Like Trey wasn't fined, was he? I don't think so. You have the media. Uh-uh. I don't. I don't think he no. was. No, no. I think it's just uh, just Marcus Smart. He got twenty five k taken away. Well, the no, okay. um, uh, it's just tempers are flaring in the NBA. Um, Mar- uh, Michael Porter Jr. and and mm-hmm. Zach Collins. No, getting into. Michael Porter, uh, oh, give him a little borderline tough guy all over it. Yeah, a little it. borderline choke. Sit down, Michael Porter. Jr. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> now, to yourself. his defense, that wasn't <laughs> Michael his Porter fault. Jr. Zach Collins got dunked on by Michael Porter. Michael Porter gave him a little yell and went back up the court, and then Zach just runs up. Just on him. and and here's the here's a rule of thumb: if you have to run after the guy, you've already lost. Like he he got you. He had something to say, and the fact that you had to like half-ass like chase him down the floor, bro, you lost because you look so bad right now. You look the so crazy bad. Thing is, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even probably seen that dunk if it wasn't for you acting the way do, you did. After do that. what Andrew Bynum did when Shaq got him. Just go to the other side and yeah. dunk on him. Yeah. Chasing after him like a goof. <laughs> Come on, Zach. Be better. I never like Zach Collins. Uh. Um. Hammer, let's uh before we get to the the Kings and the Bucks tonight, um what'd you think of Saturday? 40 win. By the way, congratulations. 
40 wins for the first time in your in your in your Kings reporter career. Yeah, the first time they've won 40. Um yeah, it's wild, right? They're one win away from Mike Brown being only the second coach. Actually, he's already the he has the that's outside a, of the Adelman era, he so has sad. more wins in a season than any other coach. It's so sad. Jeez. It's it's so one of the sad. worst. I know someone uh like tweeted like, "Oh, that sounds like poverty franchise." I'm like Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you? I would have told him it sounds like right, you need Captain to my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have said. Um, yeah, you know what? Like, look, the the game didn't go as planned early on. They made adjustments. I mean, I thought that like in the first quarter they were down what seventeen to six. It looked bad. Yeah. Uh, they came out missing shots and they weren't getting to the rim. And and that it, crowd was was, was yeah. behind Phoenix. They were yeah. active. Yeah, and then, you know, Mike Brown isn't afraid to make adjustments, and that's something that we've seen time and time again this season. And I thought, uh, you know, the Kessler-Edwards thing was absolutely spectacular. Um, But I also, like, look at all of their bench. All of them had, you know, really, really impactful moments, Mm -hmm. whether it's Davion playing defense Mm -hmm. and scoring some buckets or Trey Lyles coming up again and being huge for the team or – uh, Malik Monk hitting shots. Even Chemezi Metu had, what, nine points and three rebounds, but he had those three steals, which were huge. The one where he just clean picked the pocket of, uh, who was that, Aiton up at, up top? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he just, like, all of them came to play, and their bench has been absolutely extraordinary the, you know, the last half of the season here, and it, it was big time. I, I was, you know, super excited for Kessler Edwards because, you, you know, people are like, oh, you see, the Kings – Went out and made the the deal that they needed to make. It's like, man, that dude's played 34 minutes over 12 games. And, and one of those games, he played 0.5 of a second in the entire game. That's all he played was 0.5 of a second. Like, I would like to tell you that, like, he's the answer or whatever. But, like, he just stepped up and he played big. And he's showing you exactly the type of player the Kings need. So whether it's him or it's someone like him down the road, that's what they need. They need that long, athletic like defensive minded, you know, guy who comes in and causes problems and uh just really a strong performance by this team in a, on a huge huge stage for them. Yeah. To go into Phoenix after going 0-2 the first two games and uh you know, you got them right on your heels if if they win that game, it's now two games in the loss column but a 3-0 advantage in the season series and all they got to do is tie you in in the final 16 games. Now you got separation, mm-hmm. just tremendous game. Yeah, when you talk about um, that particular situation with Phoenix, uh, I talked about it last week where, you know, I learned this a lot from baseball, right? When you are trailing somebody and you have the series, you have a series, you have to win the series, right? And the onus on, so in this case, Phoenix, you had two games left against the Kings. You had to win both of them. The split wasn't good enough because the split just gets you back to where you were with less games left to play. And if you're the Kings... That's all you like. Just get one, and it'll make their life a whole lot difficult, a lot more difficult. And they were able to do that. And you know, I talk about this a lot um, since the the All Star break, where you said um, religiously, like, "Hey, this thing's about to turn up." Final twenty five games of the season, these teams are going to turn up. They're going to play at a different level. And you're a hundred percent right. Like a hundred percent right. You look at all these teams, all these games. The Clippers games, the both of those games were played at a different level. The Knicks game, that was played at a different level. The Suns game was played at a different level. 
And you were spot on about that. And the thing that you weren't sure about, and I was pretty sure about, was whether or not the Kings could respond. Well, you know what? The Kings have responded to playing at that different level. They've showed that they're ready for that level of play, and that's a great thing to see. Yeah, I don't think anyone there knew exactly what to expect. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we were trying to explain. Like they've they haven't been through this before. They haven't experienced this. The fact that they're eight and one since the All Star break, it's caught all of them off guard. Like just how good they're playing. Like the the build up to it and the conversation around it, even when we talked to Harrison Barnes about it today, like they didn't know what to expect. And what they found is that there isn't anything that phases them. They're ready. They're ready to take that next step. And so that's why I think, you know, people aren't like, you don't really know how to cap this team. Like, we don't know if they're going to be a a first round out. We don't know if they're going to be a second round out. We don't know if they're going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Like, we don't have any idea. Anyone who wants to, like, make some rash statement about it, uh, go full perk on it, that's (laughs) fine. You can do whatever you want. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Like, that's not my job is to, like, say how far they're going to go. Uh, but like they they've sort of defied the odds every step of the way mm. and it's really impressive to see and they don't believe in the whole house money thing they don't think that they're just a team who got lucky and they're happy to be where they are type deal um, they've stayed healthy they've stayed together uh, they've relied on people that they didn't know they'd have to rely on like Kessler Edwards mm-hmm. I mean how big is like there's a moment 45 seconds left in the game where Kessler Edwards hits a three-point shot. Like, it doesn't matter that Kessler Edwards is a guy who hit it. It's that one of his teammates trusted him mm-hmm. in that moment to pass him the ball. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. That is a moment where a team becomes a team, where a player feels welcome, where he now feels like he's part of something. And he got to go hit the big shot, but again, who passed him the ball? Like, that's something that you would never expect. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there he is hitting the big shot. So yeah. good on him for hitting it, but even a better like hat tip to the the guy who passed him the ball. Which, uh, to be honest, I don't even know who Malik. it was. That was, a, I don't want to say that was a crazy thing about it, but Malik just doing what needs to be done to win games. Yeah, be a playmaker. Yeah. I'm gonna make the extra pass. I'm I'm a scorer here. I got 18 points. I've had some big threes in this fourth quarter, but the play right now is to hit the open guy, and it's Kessler Edwards. And I'm gonna make the pass to hit the open guy. And it's just more about what you talk about. Like, these guys are a team. It's not about credit. It's not about uh, who who gets all the accolades. It's about winning, man. That's the, that's the thing that matters most to this group. It's about winning. That's all they want to do is win. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. They just want to win. Win, 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 no matter what. No matter what. Yeah, and I don't think, like, Keegan Murray's not, like, sitting there pouting because Kessler Edwards got his minutes. He's not mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. all on board here at Terrence Davis isn't pouting that he barely played or didn't, didn't play at all. He didn't play. Yeah. At all. I mean, there are going to be certain matchups that are bad, certain matchups that are really good. And when a guy like Kessler steps in and gives you something completely different, I think that's kind of the interesting thing. Mike Brown has a lot of different options. If you need scoring and, you know, some, some three point shooting and some rebounding at the four, you go with Trey Lyles. Mm-hmm. If if you want to go up-tempo, you slide Harrison Barnes over to the four, go Kevin uh, Herter at the three, you can go up-tempo or Terrence Davis. Like, he has all of these options that he can do, and everyone is a willing participant in what's happening. You know, the only guy who doesn't get to play, really, 
is is Alex Len. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to him. He's like, hey, man, I'm fine. Like, do I want to play? Yeah, I want to play. But Check still clears. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is, he's like, this is a good situation. This is a good group of guys. Like, yeah. I'm having a good time like everyone else is. Like, am, would I like to play? Sure. But, it, and if my number's called, I've been doing the work to make sure mm-hmm. I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if I don't play, like, I get it. I, I understand what's happening. Yeah. And so they're, they're, uh, the ego, the collective ego is together on this team. There isn't somebody who's stepping out and really causing a problem. And even if there was maybe some mi- minor stuff like m- early and mid-season where you felt like some guys weren't really happy or comfortable with their role, all of that's gone. Mm. They're all pulling one direction. And even uh, you know Mike Brown going off on De'Aaron Fox and Domas, uh, De'Aaron was asked about it and like, yeah, I've been more vocal. I get it. He's every step of the way. This is what the the job is. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are learning on the fly and they're taking the constructive criticism. They're running with it and they're getting better. And so uh, kudos to Mike Brown for like not just having a holy cow, I can't believe this is happening and we're winning. Like, no, no, no. Like every single step of the way, he's got a game plan for how to push this team further. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. Speaking specifically about Kessler, and we'll, we'll, we'll use Terrence Davis um, because Terrence ha- has regularly played. Do you think this is a – because I think Kessler said he had a pretty good feeling he was going to play oh, on he Saturday. Yeah. So he got a heads up that he was part of the game plan. Is it just in with again speaking specifically of Kessler Edwards and Terrence Davis? Is it matchup specific? Like Kessler might see the floor tonight. He might not see it on Wednesday against I think it's Chicago. He, that could be Terrence's night. Is that what we're looking at specifically with those two guys moving forward, or does Kessler f- kind of fall back to more DMPs than not? Well, I mean, it really if Keegan Murray stepped up and was just great then we're not having this conversation really about so you th- how so, impactful. So you feel like that fell more on what happened with Keegan versus what their approach was going to be with Terrence? Well, no. I mean, I think coming into the game, it was very clear that Kessler Edwards was going to get the call. And mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes brought it up, too, that this is the game plan. This was a game plan last time they played Phoenix where Kessler got some early burn against Devin Booker. So there's something they like about that matchup. You talk about Chicago. I could very well see that same exact thing against DeMar DeRozan. Mm. So I could see that same exact thing tonight against Chris Middleton mm-hmm. if he heats up. But it really kind of depends on situational stuff. And if Kessler Edwards comes in and, and does okay for three to six minutes, mm-hmm. he might get the other three to six minutes in the third quarter. If he does great, if he's impactful, if he's changing the flow of the game like he did against the Suns, he's going to play more. Like mm-hmm. no one expected him to close the game. They expected him to come in, give him some solid minutes, and then go back to the bench. And it just worked out that he was the better player that night, the better matchup, and they stuck with him. So, again, that's why I like about Mike Brown. He's not afraid to hurt someone's feelings and say, look, tonight it's his night, mm-hmm. and it's just not your night, and that's okay. We got other guys that will step up, and that's kind of how I saw the Kessler Edwards setting uh, on, on Saturday. Yeah. Real quick, KC, you're listening to D'Lo and KC on KIFM West Sacramento 98.5 FM, KRX QHD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320, always live on the free Odyssey app, live in video form on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320 and youtube.com slash ESPN 1320. We talked about it earlier as well, but another thing that was super impressive about that went on Saturday was 
the fact that your two guys, your two all-stars, some guys that we said were possible all-NBA guys, they had pretty pedestrian games. Now, they made some big buckets late, um, but as far as their stat line and overall, Sabonis, uh, we were marveled at the fact that he didn't get a double-double somehow. (laughs) 17 points, 8 rebounds, De'Aaron Fox, 18 points, 6 assists. And you were still able to win the game and put up 128 points with the bench coming in there. Damien talked about how five guys played off the bench. Four of them had double figures, and one of them, which was... Chemezi. Chemezi had, had nine. nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this team is... And the other thing about it, your, your starter went scoreless, Keegan Murray. Mm-hmm. So this team continues to show the depth that they have and what they can do. And now, if you can add a guy like... Kessler Edwards into this and I'm not saying he's going to get 12 every time but to be a very productive guy coming off the bench every time it just adds to the depth now because now you got a guy in Terrence Davis who's put up big time numbers for you who's might not play in a game and they might not even drop off they might not even feel the loss yeah I, I mean that's the beauty of this team it's that they have all of these different types of players types of scorers and it's really tough to game plan. When you're just game planning, teams are coming in and they're scouting really heavily De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. And the game plan is how do we slow down these two guys? Mm-hmm. And that means that sometimes you got to send a, an extra body at one of them. Sometimes you got to send an extra body at both of them. Sometimes you got to collapse on them. Whatever it is, that just opens it up for everybody else. And these guys clearly, uh, Phoenix had a game plan to stop them. And it's something that you should look at when it comes to, like, a seven-game series. Mm. Like, if you can stop De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis and still lose, that's a problem. Yeah. And, the problem, you know, the Kings have, you know, maybe seven guys on this roster that can put up 30. That's big. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be each of them going for 30 every night it or each of them going for 15 or 10. But the way that they're able to share the wealth and, you know, the, the assist numbers are astronomical this season. Um, but you have so many options, and there is no way to fully stop the Kings, which is why they have a historically good offense. You mentioned their bench a few minutes ago. You mentioned, like, um, what you just talked about with Domas and De'Aaron and how if you can game plan for them and still lose. That might be a a separation factor that we haven't spent enough time talking about this season. How, and and rightfully so, a lot of attention has been on De'Aaron and Domas and Mike Brown. This bench has at times been game-changing. I'd argue Saturday was a moment where it was game-changing. I think they've had a few other moments uh, this season where they've changed the game and and I, I can't remember the team specifically, but I remember the, 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 the starters weren't playing well. Bench got them going. Darren came in and closed it out. And to me, like, we, if when you, when you start, like, even tonight, this Kings bench is better than Milwaukee's. Mm. Their starting lineup is really, really good. <laughs> but the Kings bench, when you start lining them up against other ones, it's like the Kings might have an advantage against – you know, I, I don't know if they do the Clippers. There's probably a handful of teams that they don't. But, again, it's it's a handful. It's three, two, three, four at most. Yeah, I mean, the Kings bench is, is really, really good. Uh, on the downside, they don't 
you know, they could still use more defensive presence there with the second unit. Mm-hmm. Outside of Davion, it's like three or four offensive guys. Um, so, yeah, this bench can can bust you up for a bunch of points. They can also give up a bunch of points like the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. So there is that flow, and there, is a, there isn't like the – the switch that you can hit where you go to a defensive lineup, the the Kings mm-hmm. don't have a five man lineup that they can put out there that you would consider like super defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can start peppering, you know, a, a guard lineup of Davion and and De'Aaron with uh, with Kessler and Harrison Barnes and and then uh, and Domas, but still, you're not looking at that as like a grade A defensive squad. Um, yeah, I, but. What they're able to do is they're able to carry forward what their their basic core principles are. Remember earlier in the season when we were talking about how as soon as Domas steps off the floor, we see this major dip. Mm-hmm. Well, somehow they figured that out. And and kudos to a guy like Davion Mitchell who has stood out yep. probably the first 40 games of the season and stood out as someone who wasn't in the flow of the offense ever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you don't even notice him. And that's the good thing. When you notice him, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Now we're not noticing him, which means that he's cleaned up a lot of that stuff. There isn't the over-dribbling. There isn't the pounding the rock. You're seeing Chemezi Metu come out and make the right plays, set the screens, get the ball to somebody else, You know, play off of uh, the guards better and the forwards better. Uh, just overall, the, the movement's better. And, and it took that second unit longer to figure out than the first unit, but that's expected. The second unit doesn't have... Demonis Monis, yeah, yeah. who's running the whole thing. And they also, they don't have Fox, who his speed and quickness changes everything, collapses everything. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you take those guys out and, you know, they're staggering their minutes and all that stuff. But I really do think that the second unit is finally figuring out who they are and what their identity is. And, again, you're watching Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles is so good. Yeah, Like, he's just walking out there and, like, okay, I'm ready. Just go ahead and kick me the ball. I'm going to hit every three. <laughs> the confidence level that he has right now in his shot, it's just off the charts. You're watching him like develop and grow just like everyone else is, and it's really fun to watch. The other um, thing about that is we talk about Kessler Edwards, you know, sometimes taking the place of Terrence Davis. Well, you even got a guy like Terrence Davis. I don't – at least I don't look at him as a negative on the defensive end. Say he's playing that day. He's he's a solid defender too. I think when you get into situations with him, is you know he's he's shorter than Kessler. So with, you know, say Chris Middleton or something like that, you want a little more length. But if he's out there guarding, you saw him guarding Luca. You know when when they came back against Dallas, and Luca had his way with him uh, a few times. But there was also times when Terrence run that battle and and made him work. So they're starting. You, you mentioned it, James. They're starting to. Uh, accumulate number of different guys that slowly but surely we may not get here this year, but Monty's accumulating a certain amount of guys that allow them to play a number of different ways and still keep um, their offensive potency. Yeah. I mean, every single one of these guys has stepped up in different ways. And I don't know how many games this season I, I felt like Trey Lyles was like impactful and yeah, the win Baldwin. winning. Mm-hmm. Like where you thought, okay, if they did not have Trey Lyles tonight and Trey Lyles wasn't this player tonight, the Kings would not have won. You've seen it enough times to say, yeah. re-sign him. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's probably like eight games, maybe maybe nine, but for a, a like the eighth guy on your roster to be that impactful, that's pretty tremendous. A guy that 
like even has fallen out of the rotation. I mean, he's played 60 games, but he's, he hasn't been hurt all season long. So he's down about, what, six games off of uh, – so he he's had six DNPs. Mm. Like I can't even imagine not having him out there on the court. And the fact that he can play the four and the five mm-hmm. just really changes everything mm. because then you can go small ball and you can – you know, really have roster versatility. So I get a little bit like I've talked to, you know, Monty and Wes and those guys. Part of their problem at the deadline was how do we, if we add players, who loses? Mm. Who is going to be the the people that aren't going to be on the court anymore? Mm. And is the upgrade going to be worth what it is we're, you know, what we're losing? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, they didn't get deals done. Whatever happened, they thought they had a couple of deals. Whatever happened, they didn't, nothing, you know, materialized. But I think they were comfortable going into the second half with, you know, a what's really a minor upgrade in, in uh, Kessler Edwards over, over Casey Akpala. And he's still like a guy who's on the bubble. Mm-hmm. But like they're going to face the same thing moving forward. Like, okay, if we're going to upgrade a position – how do we do it without either up, out upsetting the apple cart or with, uh, you know, losing something that we already have? Yeah. And so it's going to be difficult for them to do. Yeah. James, I'm going to give you some stats, some numbers, and you have to tell me what the hell they mean because I'm, I'm not sure I know. Okay. Uh, we know Keegan Murray was scoreless last night. It's the second time in three games. Three games. Yep. I think it's four. But we'll go three because okay. you're 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 sharper than I am at that. So we'll go we, regardless. Second time he's scoreless in recent memory. Hmm. Kings are nine and zero when Keegan scores twenty or more. It's a tall ask, but nine and zero when he scores twenty or more. They're thirteen and five when he scores between eleven and fifteen. I don't know what any of that means because I feel like 20, especially with Domas and De'Aaron and even like Kevin Herter and the fact that we've made one mention of the fact that Harrison Barnes led the team with 19 points on Saturday. Like he can still get buckets for you. I feel like 20 is a tall ask uh, for Keegan Murray. But 11 to 15 feels like the range that you would want Keegan in. And they have a really good record, 13 and 5, when he's able to do that. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to sort of the versatility of this team and how they have all these different scores that can do different things. And when Keegan scores like 11 to 15, is that what you said it mm-hmm. was? It, it It's typically because he hits like three or four threes. And mm-hmm. that just tells you, like, if he's hitting three or four threes, this team is nearly impossible to beat. Like, it, it, And when he's scoring 20, that means he's hitting five or six threes. Because he doesn't get a bunch of other shots, but... If you got one guy hitting five or six threes, this team is nearly impossible to beat. What's the if they hit fourteen threes? What's their record? It's oh, if they hit Will, twelve. It's Will Z. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing though. If you have a Kevin Herter, I would like to see what their st- what their win t- uh, record is when Kevin Herter hits four threes. Mm. It's probably they're one of the most unbeatable teams in the league. So, and that's the beauty of of this team. It's like Again, that doesn't happen very often anymore. Kevin? Yeah. No, it's happened a lot more than you think. Over the last, like, two weeks, he's been incredible. Like, I mean, there was a point where he was shooting, like, 57% yeah, sure. again. Yeah. So, but there are also games where, I mean, how many games has Harrison Barnes scored over 20 or, or over 18 
out of the last like three weeks and we can go back and look and it's way more than you thought. And, and part of it is because this, this team scores a billion every night. Like they're, if you don't score 15, everyone's like looking at you like, Hey man, like what Step are you doing? Over there? Yeah. Where are you? Who are you over there? Like we all score 15. We all win. Like there's so many scores on this team. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And and like I said before, I just think that puts a lot of pressure on other teams, man. Like you're looking at uh Phoenix at the end of that game on Saturday. And I don't wanna I don't wanna go overboard and say there was like panic, but I felt like you could since once they got behind the Kings, like when uh whatever happened with Domas and I think he had a pick and roll. Monk hit him on the pick and roll. They went up 117-115. Then Fox hit him, and they went up 119-115. There was a sense of, like, we have to, for Phoenix, we have to score right now. We have to score because they, they're scoring. They're scoring. You see the the clutch offensive rating that they have? That's no joke. That's over 60-something games now at this point. Like, they are dominant offensively in the clutch and that just puts pressure on the other team on the offensive end to have to score. You know what I mean? And I, it's one of those things I remember seeing with those, um, those warriors teams and even today with Steph, but it's, it's a little different, but when, you know, the first year they won and then with KD and all this other stuff, the pressure they would put on you to keep them from going on like a eight Oh run. Cause you didn't score was you felt it watching the game. And I feel like the Kings put that type of pressure on other teams to score to make sure it doesn't turn into an 8-0 run um, to cost them the game. Yeah, I mean, I think the cool thing about the the Kings' offense is it's very nuanced, and it and it's, it really depends on who is on the court at at each particular moment. So we talked about this, like the DHO, the dribble handoff, right, that where uh, Demontis Sabonis is orchestrating so much of the offense from the center position where they're feeding him and then he's playing off players around him, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when he goes off the court, you go back to a traditional pick and roll where they're not using Chemezi Metu as the orchestrator of the offense. Mm -hmm. So that seems like something very subtle that doesn't mean that much where either the big man is, is making the pass or the guard is basically using the big man to make the pass. Mm -hmm. But it's a huge difference, and when teams have to go back and forth and try to match up against both of those different looks, it, it's just really hard from one moment to the next to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see these moments where, like, you know, Malik Monk and Chemezi Metu just start, like, this crazy chemistry in the pick and roll. It's because, like, the, the opposing defense had set themselves up to play against Sabonis you switched out players, and now the whole game shifts. Mm. It's because it goes from, again, a guard making a decision to a center making a decision back to a guard making a decision. And these, like the personalities between all of the different players on this team, it makes it so there are moments where Harrison Barnes is the one making the decision or or uh, De'Aaron Fox is the one with the ball, and he's making the decision, and sometimes he's in the the like pick and roll with Sabonis or he's not. So again, it's about the versatility and sort of all of these different looks that you have to prepare for, Mm -hmm. which aren't just different like versions of the same play. They're very different versions of, of like complex plays that you have to figure out how to defend. Mm 
I want to mention one thing on on Kevin Herter because I didn't felt like I was going crazy there for a second. In the last ten games, he's only made four plus threes three times. Uh, He did it in back to back games uh, against uh, Minnesota and New Orleans, where he hit six each. Uh, He hit four in Phoenix, or yeah, in Phoenix. Interestingly enough, two of those are losses. They lost to Minnesota. They lost that first one to Phoenix. They beat New Orleans. Once you go past that Phoenix game, it, it that 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 that's the cold Kevin Herter stretch, and it is it is slim pickings. Uh, once you once you start trailing back, I think there's one game of four plus threes in the calendar year, maybe two. I found one on the night. There's two, but he he seems to have these these hot and cold streaks, he, and he's not taking a lot because, as you noted, he's hitting at a high clip. He's hitting at fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just generally taking. He's three of six, three of seven uh, in a lot of these games. Or uh, I think we had a case where he was six of ten, six of nine uh, in a couple of these games as well. Yeah, over his last uh, eleven games, he shoot he's shooting forty four point four percent from three, and he's averaging fifteen point nine points. So, well, yeah, he's on a hot streak. Yeah. The one good thing about Herter is that uh, even when he is missing the three, his three-point percentage, I mean, his field goal percentage is really high. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking at a, a volume shooting three-point guy with a who's shooting 48.7% from the field. So it's one thing to shoot 39.9% from three, but there are a lot of guys out there in the league who are shooting around 42% when they're shooting 39.9 from three. He's shooting almost 49% from the field. And if I uh, dropped it to the 11 games that you just did, he's doing, he's shooting 53% from the field mm. Yeah. in addition to that three-point percentage that he has. Yeah, mm. I mean, there are times where, um, like, he's not playing well defensively or or he's missing open looks and you got to go to a different direction. But I'd also say that, like, him and, uh, and Monk are dueling banjos. There are very few games where both of them are crazy good. Um, but between the two of them, probably you can look at their win percentage, probably 60 to 70% of the time, one of the two is gone off. Yeah. And it's, it's just how this, the function of this team and he's playing like Malik is playing more minutes and lately. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin, uh, over his last 11 is like 28 and a half minutes per game, um, and you know, as opposed to like 31 that he was averaging earlier in the season. And that always brings Malik's up Malik's at the, 22, by the way. Uh, since I'll do 22 in the last nine games because uh, I'm doing it since he came back from missing those two. Uh, and that's actually that's the all-star break. So since coming back from the all-star break, Malik is averaging 22 minutes per game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Barnes, like, he's been so good that people just, like, forget about it. So, like, over his last, what, six games – He's averaging 18.7. He's shooting 36% from three, but 53.7% overall. And he's getting to the free throw line like almost six times again, game. Mm -hmm. So all of them bring some weird value. Like there's very few players on this roster that. That's what I bring to the show for Kenny is weird value. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, but you understand what I'm saying. Like there's, there's very few players on this team. They don't fit some sort of. Shoot, I'll take Malik's energy. I'll just g- give me Malik's vibe. Like that's yeah. that's what Malik brings. Just Malik's whole vibe works for the Sacramento Kings. It does. Yeah. I, I Sean continues to say he thinks he's the most important player on the team. I don't fully agree. Like I, I, I don't disagree with. I mean, there, I there won't are times, fight him on it. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, you. 
it's not worth fighting over, but there's certainly <laughs> there's certainly moments where I'm like, it doesn't really matter if Malik's that impactful this game. The rest of the guys are that good, and and they're doing what they're doing. Like the team really struggles without Fox. The mm. you know if you take Sabonis out of the ro- out of the rotation, this team is really really gonna struggle. Harrison Barnes has played all 66 games. We have no idea what this team would look like without Harrison Barnes this season. But I don't think anyone wants to see what that that feels like. Or next season. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. No, I wasn't going to say anything other than when we see, like, um, numbers like what you're talking about. Or just not even numbers. Just, man, it really feels like when Herder's on, Monk isn't on, and vice versa. You know what I mean? And it always makes people say, well, damn, mm-hmm. what if they start mm-hmm. clicking? <laughs> what if they all start clicking together for a 10-game period? Like, what does that look like? Or a seven-game series. Seven-game series. Yeah. Versatility. You're not prepared for this team to win a playoff series, are you? <laughs> You're not prepared for this team to go to the Western Conference Finals, are you, James? I, I have no idea where this team is gonna go. I'm like, going to go. I said it early far. in the season, like when we do projections before the season starts – I was very clear. I thought that this was uh, anywhere between 10 and 6. And I, I just, they've outplayed that considerably. I did not think that they would have a chance at 50 wins. No. Look, like like we, James, you know me. We, we talked about it all year long. I've been the most optimistic uh, yeah. media member that you can think of. I didn't see them being the second seed in, in the Western Conference. They have blown by obviously the most optimistic view that somebody would have had for them coming into the season. And it's great to see, but I, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. No, I don't think. And if you, you did see it, I, like I want to see your betting receipt, <laughs> like show me where you, where you had it. No, you talked to Kenny Carraway in December. Kenny <laughs> in December. <laughs> things changed a little Kenny bit. Car- yeah, some people are a little late. <laughs> some people getting on board now. It's all right. It's all right. You're 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 in the cheap part of the train. We're in the first class section where the food and the alcohol is. Y'all can ride we got a in the table in front of. We have a table in front of Marcy. Yeah, y'all in you the don't. cheap part. Yeah. You can ride, but you're in the cheap part. Yeah. And don't act like you're there first either. Mm. Don't act like you forward thinking. Mm. We know. We know what y'all out there doing. We see you. Just because Kendrick Perkins said something about the Kings, y'all want to get on board. Because <laughs> JJ Reddick said, "Sorry, guys. No, 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 no." That ain't the day. We're going to come back. Uh, we talked about the Phoenix game with James Ham. Let's talk about Milwaukee. Mm. Uh, let's talk about this upcoming stretch of basketball. It's a difficult one uh, for Sacramento, but that's what we said four games ago, and they've stepped to the challenge here, uh, being 8-1 uh, since the All-Star break. So we'll talk more Kings basketball with our 1320 Kings insider, James Ham, when we return here on d one KC, brought to you by Sky River Casino on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Dilo and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. Dilo and KC brought to you by Sky River Casino. Sky's the limit uh, at Sky River Casino. We'll be broadcasting live there on Friday. We hope that you can make it out. Sky River Casino is the place to play with over 2,000 of the newest slot machines and over 80 table games. Mm. Sky's the limit, baby. Get out there uh, this Friday, St. Patrick's Day. Watch the tournament. Uh, be a part of D'Lo and KC as we'll be broadcasting live. Our very first, nearly three years into this show, our very first 
live broadcast. Can't wait, man. I cannot wait. I am hyped up for this. Friday, St. Patrick's Day, NCAA tournament, D-Lo and KC. Can't wait. We, Kings play the Nets the night before, Ooh, too. I need, I need a W. Yeah, Kings, play, Nets out Kings here. play the Nets. That's out here making moves. Lie, I, I, I try to keep saying it. Your boy did it again yesterday. Because he's good. Ooh-wee. Tried to tell y'all he was good. Ooh-wee. Michael Bridges out there hooping. Spencer Dinwiddie. They, that's that's going to be That was a good trade. I mean, as good as it can be. That's probably the most useful thing. Mm-hmm. Um Sean Marks has ever done. No, good for Sean Marks. He finally did something useful. He did. <laughs> hey, you gonna you gonna drop you gonna drop five dollars into one of the slot machines on Friday? You know what's funny about that? You know how I feel about gambling. I'll throw money away. I've Lord knows <laughs> I've done it a time or two, but I refuse to throw it away on gambling. That place is so nice. Like the machines are so new and they're so nice. You just want to go like play at it. <laughs> So the chances of me losing money on Friday are probably high. I'm going to the blackjack table at some point. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That sound. Clink, 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 clink. I think. Clink, I think. Clink, I think. Clink, clink, clink. I think D'Lo Casey in the chatty house roaming around Sky River Casino at four o'clock. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That'll be. That'll be. That'll be. My that'll aunt, be she's big on the craps tables. She tried to. They they have one over there. They play a little different than normal. But I just I can't. It, yeah, I'm not into the craps. Okay. I may play, though. I like craps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I might I, I don't care. I might play. What's roulette where you just, like, you, 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 you can say, you could just pick black or red and you, you can win that way? always bet on black. I always yeah. bet on black. Passenger 57. That's what, Wes, that, that's what Wesley, Wesley Snipes said. Yeah. Yes, indeed. That was Wesley Snipes pre-problems. Like, he was, <laughs> he was uh, one of the hottest actors in the game back then. Man. Right before Theo Huxbull flies out the the plane the, the, <laughs> Malcolm Jamore Warner does uh he does have a rough a rough end to that yeah um Kings and Bucks tonight mm. Mm. I have a feeling about this game tonight Hammer and I told you last week you know, I think that I think the Kings are going to get the Phoenix Suns and the line of thinking is exactly the same with Milwaukee it wasn't because Phoenix isn't a great basketball team and it's certainly not because Milwaukee isn't a great basketball team. It's because the Kings have lost 13 in a row mm. uh, to Milwaukee. And I think they're aware of that. As James, as uh, Will Z noted, uh, Rudy Gay was the leading scorer and Costa Kufis was the leading rebounder. Big ups, Costa. The last time the Kings beat the Milwaukee Bucks. It's at home. You've already lost to them this year. Giannis is he's listed as questionable right now. I have my feelings about whether he's going to play or not. Uh, you're on a roll. You're headed to the rope. And I, 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 I'm kind of feeling this one for the Kings. I, you know, the they one good, They haven't beat them in seven years. The Kings are that's, really, really good point. the second time they face a team. Unless you're so, Atlanta. Unless you're Atlanta. And then you just lose to Atlanta every time. <laughs> For no reason. Well, they, the Kings are like Phoenix Draymond. Too. The Kings are like Draymond Green, though. It's hard to get up for them. Sorry, MFers <laughs> like like Atlanta. Well, when you play against the Hawks, first of all, John Collins wants to show up because he wants to come play for you. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then Bogdan Bogdanovich wants to show you up because he, of course, is uh, your former guy. It was and the then, last time anyone thought about him. Yeah, we still happy for him. And then the I Kings passed never on Trey. Was. I didn't care. <laughs> so he's always got a chip because they passed on him. And Trey lives with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> now he's going to be it, mad. Is that what stops him from playing defense? Ground. I don't <laughs> know. I think his lack of a, a defensive ability keeps him from playing defense. And I yeah. think he's slightly overrated. Oh my! 
Wow. You know what? I say that, and I'm just remembering that conversation where he looked up his numbers. Yeah, he's not overrated. He's really good. He just he's not likable. No, there's he's well, not likable. He's not over. That. He's not overrated. Then you he got Dejounte Murray, really, really not good. Likeable either. Yeah, that whole that whole team isn't likable. Bogey about to turn heel any second. <laughs> Remember that one time Trey Young said the regular season was too boring for him. <laughs> oh my like, god! And it was like the fourth game of the season. I think playing defense is too boring for him. When as are these well. young dudes going to shit? Like John Morant talking about the West. Oh, we got the West. <laughs> Trey Young talking about the regular season's boring. Come on, man. Man, oh, man. They, uh, said they, they, they think Bogey's going to be gone, though, at the end of the year. They said he's. they think he's going to opt out of his $18 million for next year. Like, I don't oh think no! Bogey's getting eighteen. That's he happening. might not get like a three eighteen. Uh, he just hasn't Yikes. stayed healthy. Well, that's man. that's crazy. Two eighteen, he could get two eighteen. He's the new Raiders quarterback of the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> he's effective when he's out yeah, there. He man. just can't hey, place place your bets. And when you're in Vegas on the Raiders, man, you're getting good odds. <laughs> the odds <laughs> getting good. <laughs> Bet one dollar, win six thousand. <laughs> That's at least worth a like, like a twenty dollar bet. Oh yeah, that's absolutely yeah, worth absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. that's absolutely worth wow. it. Wow, it's throwing away money though. We'll talk. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Though the Niners. Oof. Yeah, we got we got Sam Darnold, game changer. Wow, and then they what? got the big defensive lineman. <laughs> well, I was being sarcastic. Well, then the the division is starting to shape up the way I want it to. Oh. Jalen, we haven't even talked about Jesse's Dolphins. I know, I know. We're yeah. going to say that for Tuesday. It was okay. a busy weekend. Probably busy won't. I'm going to be honest with you. might not even be tomorrow. Well, Trista, I'm, remember, it's Trista oh, Tuesday. It's Trista Tuesday. It's, J- it's, it's uh, uh, Jason Jones. We got a yeah. Kings game tonight. Well, the Niners, they're when, going back to the 90s. When, That's the way I like when it. When free agency actually starts on Wednesday, yeah, we can cover all, the, all this stuff that happened I've seen all this today. stuff today. I, was, I thought everything started on Wednesday. Well, it's well, legal tampering. Legal tampering. Legal tampering. Um, we did talk about Domas winning Western Conference Player of the Week. We right? didn't. No, how about that? Um, first time this season, right, for him? Or second? I don't think it's his first. Oh, okay. I think it's his second. I, okay. Between him and Fox, I think they have. They both have a couple, don't they? I thought it was funny that him and Joe got it. <laughs> Joe, jo, I mean, Joel obviously very well deserving, but there are most people who think, a lot of people think that those might be your all-NBA second and third team centers. Yeah, I like that the NBA puts uh, puts Domas as a forward slash center, which means mm. that he could actually get uh, like a higher All NBA as a power forward than he could mm. as a center. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, they're getting sneaky. They're getting sneaky. I see him working. What? Okay, I feel like it's a whole other discussion to ask if they should change the way that they do that. But yeah, uh, I mean, like, what's Giannis? He's to me, he'd be a power forward. Uh huh. Because you got Brooke Lopez there playing center. Okay. Man, Brooke Lopez. Second of the season for Domas. Yeah, second. second. Yeah. Uh, January 16th, the week of January 16th, he won. Um, Brooke Lopez just all of a sudden decided he's going to be a great defensive player. At, I don't know. What is he, 34? <laughs> he changed his whole game. He did. <laughs> and it started. That's crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. He'll be 35 in, uh, on April 1st. It's also crazy those guys are that that old. Like that, they've been in the league that I long. I remember him in high school. Really? Goodness gracious. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging two and a half blocks a game, which he's always been a good block man. Um, and the Kings were interested in him years ago. Uh, but like just to become all of a sudden this incredible defensive player, it speaks really, really 
highly of his work ethic and, and how hard he's worked off the court. Because, I mean, that guy isn't someone who jumps over a phone book mm-hmm. very often. And he's just mobile enough to, to get it done. And, man, he that's where I really don't like this matchup for the Kings because mm-hmm. they've got a bunch of really strong perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. And then they funnel to him, and he's just become elite at, at protecting the rim. So, like, where De'Aaron Fox likes to live, it's going to be difficult with Drew Holiday hanging all over him on the perimeter. Well, that's going to be an interesting matchup because we talked about it a little bit earlier, and then we had to go to break. We didn't really get into it too much, but that matchup with Drew Holiday, and I talked about how he had 31 in that first matchup. Well, I don't know what the criteria is. I don't know who else will be in the candidate in the be a candidate for it, but I said De'Aaron Fox should possibly get some look at being all defensive team, uh, maybe second team for a point guard. And I think Doug Christie would cry if that <laughs> if that happened. Like Doug has been trying to manifest that for years, like is dating that, back to radio. Doug is that off though? I mean, when you we see him every day, we see him every night, and I think he's been really good on the defensive end. And I pointed out that one time when they played Dallas or. Something was going on, and I pointed. I think it was after the Clippers game, and I pointed yeah, out to the all Clippers. these games. Yeah. At the end of the games, who's the one guarding the other team's best player? And none of them are guarding De'Aaron. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron's guarding, guarding Paul George, Trey Young. It was Dallas too, because he had Luca. He had, uh, Luke, he had uh, Kyrie. In the Dallas game. He was yeah. guarding Kyrie when they was going back and forth. And and who was guarding Fox? Josh Green mm-hmm. and and Norman Powell. I don't know exactly who it was, but it wasn't, wasn't Paul them. George. It wasn't yeah. him. And he takes a challenge. He did it the other night when he um, picked Chris Paul and, and kind of turned his water off in the fourth quarter. What you think about that, Ham? Because you kind of look at these things a little bit more. But I, I think at the very least you should get some consideration for second-team all-defense. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that Kings are historically bad on the defensive end. Not, yeah, they're, they're not the worst, <laughs> but they are 25th in the NBA. <laughs> How many times can we be historically bad? Are we just starting to use the word historic cuz weren't we historically bad last year? Uh 2 years ago. Oh, was, 2 years it, ago. I think it was the worst defensive rating in the history of the game. Where, you know, here we are fast forward 2 years and the Kings have the best offensive rating in the history of the game. Well, we're going to be historic one way or another. Yeah. Jeez. Just just be memorable, I guess. Is the, Kings <laughs> motto. the Kings motto. Be, be memorable. <laughs> you can be good. You can be bad. Be memorable, uh, I think, is a bigger thing. And, you know, there's nothing worse than a boring, bad team. Um, the Kings, at least over the last, like, 12 years, most seasons have been, uh, like, at least somewhat exciting or chaotic uh, bad teams. So, like, there's always something to write about. Um, but now this is, you know, it's all about the good vibes. What's it going to say when, like, the the Mike Brown's preseason notebook gets leaked and it says, hey, don't be a turnstile for the first three quarters. Like, work on the defensive <laughs> end. But we're going to turn it up in crunch time. That's when we're turning it up. When we're in those clutch minutes, that's when we turn the defense up and everyone's going to say, Mike Brown is a genius because his team – was in fact defensive, uh, terrible defensively for three quarters, but a top 10 defense when it came to clutch time. Yeah, they are good in the clutch. I mean, both both sides of the court, you know. But the game does slow down. That's something Fox talked about recently. It's like in the fourth quarter, the game slows down a lot, and it becomes more of a half-court game. And the Kings can... They can beat you in transition. They can beat you in an up-tempo style. They can also beat you in a slow-down half-court. 
battle. And I think, again, we speak about the versatility of the offense all the time. Uh, but they, you know, this is a team that you think would be the fastest team in the league. They're like ninth in the league in pace. Mm. They just aren't. What they're really good at is two-point field goal percentage, which they've led the league, like, the entire season. And then they're really good. Like, their true shooting numbers off the charts. They're... Uh, effective field goals off the charts and so while they're a good three-point shooting team and that's where we see the blow-up games where they're scoring like a million points Mm. um it's it's that they're so good at getting the two-point basket and you know if you're if you're shooting 60 percent from from two that's 1.2 points per possession and everyone else is shooting, you know, 45%, that's 0.9. That means you're picking up 0.3 points every single possession. It's tough to beat you. The um, the other thing about that offense that I see is the fact that they get one-on-ones all the time because you can't leave nobody, right? So Fox gets one-on-one. How many times do we see Domas get doubled in, in the post? It seems like teams are kind of giving up on that because they know – he if was you leave, triple teamed on Saturday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, if you leave, he going to find the open yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, totally. So your best bet might be, like, I think sometimes they think, man, I don't want to say let him score, but we'll take the two instead of the three, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take my chances with DeAndre Aiden or Brooke Lopez one-on-one with Sabonis. He may get 25 on him, but if Kevin Herter's got three threes and – Monk is getting three threes off our double teams. Like, we can't – we have no chance. And that's just what adds this this offense, man. They get one-on-ones everywhere. Fox goes one-on-one. You try to double them, all right, you're going to make the right pass, hit Monk, who hits Kessler Edwards, three, ball game. Like, they – the construction of the roster by Monty McNair, once again, executive of the year, I mean, it seems so simple, but he actually went out and did – exactly what Sabonis and Fox needed to be their maximum selves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this team is shooting 59.2% from two. Mm -hmm. And they're second in the league in field goal percentage overall at 50%. They're fourth in the league in assists. I mean, all of these numbers are just like, they average 27.1 assists per game. So uh, that's crazy. But the two-point field goal percentage is just... Do you They're have so who's ahead of them by any chance on the assist list? Do you have who's ahead of them, or are you just looking at their rankings? Um, I, I know, I know the Warriors are ahead. Um, I can actually. Did you have you guys seen the Warriors' defensive splits? The home and away. Yeah, I think I saw it over the weekend. It's yeah. insane, isn't it? Like one twenty on the road and like one ten. So it, per game or something like that. So it's the, so, it's something. It's 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 something along the lines of like the twenty seventh. Worst defense mm. and at, oh, oh, away and like the fourth <laughs> at home. They're so bad on the road. It's in, no like sense. how does that? That's insane. That makes no sense. No, that's none the of their stats make any sense. That I mean, they're home and road. I mean, it's, the fact they can't win at all on the road. Mm. And the Kings have the best road re- uh, record in the Western Conference. They have one of the rest, best road records I in the NBA. It's top four. I think it's the top. I think it's the the top three Eastern Conference teams, and then the Kings. Mm. Yeah, I'll confirm that right now. But I'm uh, pretty I sure think, that's what it is. I think they have the third best. They're nineteen and thirteen. 
Um, oh no. Yeah, Philadelphia is 19 and 12. So yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 Milwaukee. It's actually Boston has the best. Milwaukee second, Philly, and then Sacramento. Man, Warriors are seven and 26. That's on the road. crazy. They're in the company of Houston and San Antonio. I don't think I don't think in Detroit. I don't think they've gotten a road win since I asked you. Will they get ten? They haven't. They haven't won since that, that was moment. Like three weeks ago, they <laughs> have not won since you asked that question. Not a single, not one single road That's game since crazy. you asked that question. They have eight more road games still. Wow. That's not good. That's not good for them. Well, for Can them, they go three I mean, the five Kings. The Kings the are final t- eight. On the road. Well, everyone keeps pointing out, one's at Houston. <laughs> like, literally everyone points oh. that out. Anthony yeah. Slater brought it up. Well, I know they got one in Houston. <laughs> so, that's, you know you're in bad shape if that's all you can hey, you can go to. Look, look uh, the Kings may have nothing to play for. <laughs> Yo, they're at L.A., at Atlanta, at Memphis, at Houston, at Dallas. They might lose that Houston game. <laughs> <laughs> they li- <laughs> they might lose against Houston. And when they play the Kings, like I said, they might not have nothing to play for. By the way, they might be able to get the Kings because Kings but, might have two seed yeah, locked it'd be, up. It'd be road win eight. <laughs> Phoenix, L.A., Atlanta, Memphis. <laughs> the how many games is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's ten. Nine of their next ten games, if you count NBA TV, are on national television. The one that's not is Houston. <laughs> and three of those are ESPN. One is TNT. Oh, my gosh. Well, Hey, I get it. It's Steph. I, I, Steph, uh, Steph, is still, Steph is still must-see I, TV. I, they were on the two screens at the, at the crib and what he did in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, to, to save, save the, the Warriors. That's why... I wouldn't want the Kings to play the Warriors. Is because of that dude and what he. They can had do. no like, business winning that game. He can beat you by himself. Mm. Mm. Steph. He's one yeah. of like four players in the league who can beat you by themselves. Yeah. Mm. So guys, before we get out of here, there's a video that was uh, I saw on Twitter, and it's I don't know where they. Is it JJ? <laughs> that's never that statement. Anytime you start with those words, it never ends well. Well. It's it's <laughs> I can't hear it. I'll have to listen to it later. But it's it's Luke Walton oh. uh, giving a speech in the locker room to this Kings team. And number one, I can't imagine what he's saying. And then look, I'm looking at some of the players in this shot, <laughs> and no wonder they didn't win forty games. <laughs> this is not a good collection. Did you, of did you retweet it? You yeah, said yeah, yeah, I, you I, said it's I on comment. Twitter. I just tagged you right now. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at the Quan. Oh, I told you guys that. Okay, okay. There's uh, who, th- who's my um, I, what's uh, my man's name? The lefty. I think we got time to pull this off. <laughs> is it clean? Is it's clean? Okay. Yeah, it's. I don't clean. know if it's clean. We have time. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're on TNT. I don't know how they got on TNT. Oh, I gotta. We've we've got to shit. This this has to be shared with the world. Screen it's might be clean because it's on TNT. Sc- so. Screen might look a little messy. Sorry. Thanks to our man Tony Zipteris. <laughs> look for this. at some of these. Oh, this is gonna good. be fine as long as we keep spacing, sharing the ball. We're gonna score points. Defense, they have to feel us, and not just tonight. They have to feel us every single time we step on the court. Tonight's a great opportunity. This is a good offensive team. They play with spacing. They have shooting. Look at Harrison. 
there's like half I'm the players motivated. in that shot aren't in the league anymore. I'm motivated. <laughs> Let's go. I'm I'm ready to do another four hours. I told you guys how tough it is, like to if you're really being objective, <laughs> to look at the the Luke Walton era and and judge like look at this the team he opened no, Monty I, I McNair's no. first season. That was like oh, two years ago too. Cow. That wasn't like looking back nine years ago. That was like two years ago. More Kings talk, more James Ham. Uh, we got it for you if you're on ESPN 1320 or the Odyssey app. Don't go anywhere. We'll run it back next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings! How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.